Sorry, Jarrah, I forgot to start recording, so you missed the best bit, but that's all right, we'll start again. Um, <laughs> um, as I said, I'm very excited for obviously what's around the corner um, for young adults, and it's just going to be a bit of an introduction piece tonight to um, these I am words, and I suppose the first thing I want to say is that you know, we're going to do this um, obviously in our normal rhythm, so next week will be worship night, um, as we do with the whole church, and then every week after, every fortnight after that we'll do um, this series as well. So, you know, I just really want to encourage you guys that, you know, consistency around, you know, just turning up, learning, um, sharing with each other, taking notes when we're possible, doing little things like that can always really help um, each other and helps us learn, uh, helps us grow together as a community. And it's something that I think we really want to do is encourage each other and to obviously grow our faith together. And the one encouragement that I've really had from this young adults group that I've seen um, in my time being here is the level of um, vulnerability and the level of how people are comfortable um, with each other. And obviously with many perspectives, styles, experiences, good, bad, ugly, everything in between, the vulnerability in those stories actually helps us develop a bit of context. It also helps us develop you know, things that are relevant in our life. So things are actually legitimately happening to us. Rather than sometimes, you know, we hear the stories or we read something and we go, yeah, it's cool, but like, I've got no way to resonate with that whatsoever. So it's something that I really, really like. And it obviously applies to everyday life. And I was having a conversation um, with a much smarter person recently. And she said, I'm all for sharing and being vulnerable because life is messy. And I'd rather be honest about the reality in the hope that it may bring closeness or growth for someone else, which I think is, in a sense, perfect way that we want to look at this series and we want to look at, you know, the reality of, of some things. You know, there is reality in this world. We do see these words in the Bible. We see these things that Jesus says to us and we go, yeah, that's awesome. And there's some days where we look at it and it's just like words on the page and there's some days and it changes our life. And I really hope that this um, session, this season, this you know, time that we're going to go through these I am words, which for me, and I'll explain in a sec, have really just sort of knocked me for six. Um, and they're just, yeah, they're really, really deep. And I'm, I personally cannot wait to see what, well, what we bring. Sorry, Jar. Um, what we bring um, for these sessions. But how do we actually get to I am? Like, how do we get to this series? How do we choose? And, um, I think it's really important that as an adamant, we'll, as a group, we're very adamant that we didn't want to have you know, our bias on this, on this situation or what we wanted to do. We were, we were very clear that we wanted to let, right, God, we want you to choose, we want you to prompt, to guide us what you want from this young adult crew. And like I said, I've really enjoyed the last six or so fortnights where we've had a lot of the young adult leaders just share something that's on their heart. You know, it was, that was the instruction, to share whatever's on your heart and we'll see where it goes. It was about four weeks ago where I, I was sitting here and it was a worship night and I was starting to get a little bit stressed. I'm not going to lie because we didn't have anything. We had, we had nothing and we were worried and I'm, I'm a bit of a planner, as a lot of people would know. Like I like to be like, we plan, we plan. and So I was starting to stress. Like four weeks out, we're meant to be here. We don't have a series. Like we've got nothing. Like I'm thinking we're going to do round two of life experiences and just share stuff again. Um, so we wanted to follow God's direction. And so I was sitting and sitting and sitting and I just could not get my head out of the Samaritan woman's story. And the fact that just blew my mind and it was something so simple and I don't think I'd ever thought of it this way, which 
probably shows I haven't really thought about this story too much. But it was the fact that Jesus specifically went out of his way to meet this woman at the well. Now, I think I've read it in the past, and I've read it as if, like, Jesus just happened to turn up at the well because he was thirsty, and, oh, what do you know, a lady turns up, and, you know, they start having a conversation. But it really blew my mind that Jesus told his disciples, saying, please leave me, go get food in somewhere else, because I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to go after the one. I'm going to go after this one person who I know is going to be at the well, and I know who's going to have cultural differences to me. I know who may even have a problem speaking to me because, you know, I'm a male, for example, but I'm still going to go after her and I'm still going to change her life. And the fact that Jesus said that I am water, I was just like, in my head, I'm sitting here going, what does this all mean? Like, it was just coming to me quite freely. And I was like, what does this mean? Like, why does Jesus call himself water? Like, what is even, why would he use such an analogy? He uses these metaphors And he says these things such as the I am. And I was a bit rattled. I'm not going to lie. Because I was sitting there going, is this what we're meant to do? And then my anxiety and my the way of thinking started to kick in. And I just was like, yep, this is it. This is it. This is it. And then all of a sudden I was like, no, this is not it. Because I don't know what we should be doing. I'm not confident in myself. Like, If any of the other leaders said, all right, I reckon we should do Philippians. I probably would have gone, yep, sweet. Let's do it. Like, let's get into it. But I was just not, it was just something that I was just like, how do I get this? And a lot of you would know me, I'm pretty black and white in some areas, but, and this stuff really tripped me out, but I had a little bit of a dream four nights later, and these words were so clearly in my head, and it was, I am, I am, I am. And it woke me up, and I was like, all right, this is getting a bit, what's going on here? I got up, I wrote it down, and I was like, there's something to this. Like, there's got to be something to this. And I love the words. Um, it took me straight away into John, and obviously John's gospel is what we're going to look at. is John 20, 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And that's actually the purpose of John's gospel. You can look it up in the Bible. It's in that, as I said, chapter 20, 31. It's in a section that's with purpose of John's gospel. And that's where we're going to be looking a lot in. So we look at these. Oh, sorry, I tested this. And then I was like, okay, what are we going to do? And I tested it with a couple of other guys. And I said, what do you reckon about this? And it was like, yep, keen. Yep, keen. And I said to the guys, right, yep, keen. I even took it to Tim and Tori because I was just like, is this like, are we on to something here? And they both came back straight away. Yep, awesome. And I was like, okay, finally, I've got 900 ticks of approval. Let's go. But it was so interesting because I've never had something in my life be so, in a sense, imprinted or so clear in my head that this is something that either I need to pursue in my life or something that as our community we need to pursue. And as I've reflected, a lot of these I am's, which I'm going to go through and we're going to go through over this course of time, have been a major part of my 2019 and 2020. So as I said, we're going to be looking into these famous I am words, which appears in John's Gospel. And the big thing is that we're going to break each one down to how they are relevant to today's context, how they defeat the assumptions that we put on ourselves, and how we can understand Jesus even better by looking at these metaphors. There is a reason he used these metaphors. Otherwise, it could be just writing on a page and it could be like, okay, he might have been in a weird mood and he called himself a gate. But there are reasons that he used these. 
And the big thing I really liked about this is, you know, where did these I am's come from? It wasn't just Jesus that day being like, you know what, I'm going to refer to myself as I am. And if we go back to, to Bible, Bible um, no, sorry, Sunday school. Sorry, Chris, what's it called? Sunday school? Yeah, kids' church, Sunday school. You probably know this story a lot better than I am. You should be up here talking. But we look in the Exodus story with Moses. And all of a sudden, we fast forward everything in and out of Egypt. And then he appears and there's a burning bush in front of him. Burning bush in front of him. So this is quite personable. God is appearing to Moses at that exact time. And God says to him in that burning bush, right, I want you to take my people out of Egypt. You know, I'm paraphrasing quite a bit. Take my people out of Egypt. And then Moses goes, and I think quite fairly, because I think I would do the same thing. You know, who am I? I'm going to go to Pharaoh. And he's going to go, well, who, who asked? Like, who, who asked? Particularly if I'm asking him to take a whole community out of Egypt and probably ruin their whole economy, ruin the way they work, everything. So it'd probably want to be a pretty important person who asked. So if the Israel asked, what is his name? What should I say? Exodus three fourteen, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you, which is huge. It is massive. And I think the fact it just shows in total sense, it's God's divinity, sovereignty is shown by the mere use of the words I am. And I still can't help but think Moses might have been a little bit, okay, I am cool, like, you know, but I'm still going to have these problems if I go and say, yeah, I am sent me. No, great. Like, it's not, I'd probably still prefer a name or like, hey, God sent me. But the fact is that God was represented in these words, I am. It is so relational to us because it appeared, like God appeared to Moses, that burning bush, but yet it is everything. It's the absolute sense God said it first, and therefore it places an incredibly large significance on the word, on the word I am. It didn't need defining either. He said I am. It didn't need I am because I created the world, and I am because I you know, blessed Abraham with all these families. I am because I did this. No, it is I am who I am, and that is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. And so if we fast forward and go jump into John where we're going to be heading into, it sees how it starts to line up when Jesus starts to talk about this. And he starts to use these metaphors about I am. And it's extremely controversial at the time. Because if we think of the current context, very religious, very law um, focused, but it starts to begin to paint a picture for us as readers and create an example which is going to be relevant for long periods of time. And it's going to be able to relate to us as well. And as we explore this, you'll see a lot of the reactions in the crowd when Jesus says, I am something, are negative. And the reason being is because they haven't figured out yet that Jesus obviously equals God and he's referring to himself in the I am words. They were saying things like, how dare Jesus would align himself with God? He is just a person. They had no idea who this guy was yet. They just thought he was a prophet or something or they were not even sure what was going on. So how dare he pretty much blaspheme and say he's in line with God? It's really interesting, and I just cannot wait to get into it. And each of these I am's are so big. Um, we're going to touch base on you know, Jesus calling himself, I am the bread of life in John 6. I am the light of the world in John 8. I am the door or the gate in John 10. I am the good shepherd in John 10. 
again. Good resurrection in the life. John 11, the Lazarus story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. He's the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, and he's the true vine in John 15. It is going to be so interesting to see how each I am word means so much and they're so different in every single time and it matches that crowd at its perfect little time. These words are so powerful, but do not get me wrong. There's certain times in life that they can just look like words on a page. There's reasons that I say that. And over the last season in my life, I've struggled with the worldly I am's versus the I am's of Jesus. And as I mentioned at the start, I think something that this community does well is the comfort and the vulnerability to share in times. Some of you may know my story um, in 2019. It was a bit of a tough year for me. Um, I wasn't initially in this church. I wasn't in this area. Um, right. Um, in 2019. Yeah, sorry. We're there. We're there. We're good. We're good. All right. Um, <laughs> 2019 was really, really tough. And, and for me, I went through a divorce, um, which was awful. And it was not a great time for me. And straight away, I considered myself a failure. Straight away. No, it was immediate. No, it doesn't even matter what the situation is. And I'm not interested in talking about that. But I was like, I am a failure. You know? I am the Christian divorced guy. You know? I'm the 30-year-old Christian divorced guy. You, know? you start putting numbers and age and timelines next to you. You know, I have messed up any chance of ever having a relationship again. You know, I am old now. I'm damaged. I'm ashamed. And I'm not afraid to say that some of these real moments of questioning God's existence at this time. I believe that if he was real, I probably wouldn't be going through this. No, I wouldn't be going through these situations because this is not the, the word I hear. This is not the stuff I see. I don't see this. And now I'm going through this. So where is God in this situation? And they are genuine things. And like I said at the start, there's reality to these conversations. And this is real stuff. I came to Freshie and everything was fixed. No, I wish that was, that was the case. But there was times where I felt genuine peace about where I was. And there was pressure lifted off my shoulders. I would drive from where I was living to Freshie, which is about an hour because I was living out in the hills and out west. And I would just sit there and I felt like a different person. Because I was just in a new spot, something different, and in hindsight, it was actually God being, you know, pointing into a direction, being like, I think you belong in this area. You know, finding a new church. Again, false assumptions just came over my head. I'm a washed up, burnt out Christian guy trying to find a new church. Who's going to want to be friends with me? Sounds dumb, right? But they were genuine thoughts and genuine fears that I had. My first night when we were down, um, down at Manly there, I walked through the park because I parked in the car park. I walked through and I generally had that like movie moment of like, I don't want to go in. Like, because I was just like, no, I was just so defeated by myself. I ended up going in, sat at the back, tried to sneak out. Tim caught me. He got me. And now look, a year and a half later, um, you're allowing me to talk. So, geez, what have you done? Um, But I, I had this urge. I had this something that was in me that I needed to be in church. Like I needed something. There was always this like inkling or push or prompting to be like, there's something, you need to be doing something. You need to be doing it. I knew I needed to be in church. I can't explain why other than God just prompted me being like, come back, come back, come back. I walked into this church and all I got was love. 
And it was like exactly how Jesus would have loved or welcomed anybody into this church. What began to happen was I was starting to believe the words of Jesus again. And it took some time. It was the first time in my life, and I've said this to a couple of the guys, where I reckon I had a genuine crisis of faith or something that really went wrong in my life to be like, all right, God, come on, prove it. There was times, like I said, I was resonating more with I cried out and God fell silent versus be still and know that you're a Lord. I was really struggling with that mix. So what began to happen was I was starting to believe these words again. As if I decided to look back at Jesus and take notice again. Now, I'm not afraid to say that you know, counselling and professional help is probably one of the best things that you can ever do. And if you ever think about doing it, just do it. You know, that is my genuine advice to you. It is the best thing you can do. Because what it does, it starts to help with your mindset and you start to process things very differently. And you catch unnecessary I am's that you place on yourself. You know, real truths are starting to be spoken over you. You, know, you might not fail. It's not you, you failed. You, know, you don't need to be better. You just need to grow. You know, there's a lot of little things. And unfortunately with my life and you know, with sport and everything that's just been wrapped up in my life, it's always be better. Be better. Be, do this better. Do this better. Do that better. Do this better. Do that better. Everything. And you start to wrap yourself up. And that's in a sense your mindset. If you fail or you do well, there's no in between. And you start to learn that when good people can speak proper words over you and sometimes very harsh words over you, your mindset starts to change. And your assumptions about yourself, I am a terrible person, I am a failure, I am these things, they start to disappear. Over the last six months of 2019, I was beginning to see Jesus in all his wonder and majesty. And it was just a beautiful time. And again, it just reshaped and revitalized my faith to a point where it was so childlike, where I just brushed all my thinking of, you know, really intense doctrine, theology. And it was like God being like, just come back, man. Just come back and understand the simple words that I have for you. You know, God showed me that, you know, I am the gate that I needed to enter back into his presence again. God showed me that I am the shepherd. Even when it felt like I was away from God, he was coming after me to protect me from the wolves. God showed me I am the bread of life because when I invested time in him, whether it was prayer, action, worship, I was being fulfilled. Simple things as buying coffee for friends, little things like that. God showed me I am in life and the resurrection. I was relating more to Lazarus' siblings by saying, God, if you just showed up three days ago, None of this would have happened. But then we know the story that Lazarus rose again and just felt like that was my life. I know it sounds big, but it's so true. I felt God speaking that I am truths over my life through people. Prophetic words about the desires of my heart, the finding the shore in the big seas, weird bits of passages in scripture that I'd never heard of in my life. And people were saying, you know what, this story is for you. And a year later, you look at it and you go, damn, it was. Little things. Um, Tori here one night, um, we had some big night here. I reckon it was still pretty new. There was probably 100 people in this room and she just pinned me out straight away. And I've recorded it because that night was recorded and I've got on my my phone and I watch it every so often and I'm just like, it was as if someone was feeding Tori messages. Like, hey, there's this guy here, he's standing there and this is everything that he wants. This is his desire of his heart. This is where he's come from. This is, in a sense, where he wants to aspire to be. Okay, you got that? Cool, sweet. All right, now share it. It was ridiculous. 
And but it needed these things for me to go, you know what? Actually, these are truths over my life that I needed you to speak into it. And the big one for me was saying, you know, I am the vine. Remain in me. Throw yourself into church. Throw yourself into Bible college, friends, things of this nature. And just be with me because you know what? I enjoy being with you. That's one of the biggest things is this relational God that we, we love and we're with. He wants to be with us as much as we want to be with him. And I don't share these feelings or be vulnerable for a woe is me. You know what I mean? This is part of my life. It is what it is. Now, I share them to show you that this was genuine, real stuff that happened in my life. You know? Do I still deal with the shame of some of those things? Absolutely, because guess what? I'm human. Now, I deal with these things and this, I've got ways of processing it and learning. But I'm learning because God is showing me such awesome things about me. He's going, you know what? You're my son and I love you and I want to show you things that you might not be able to see for yourself right now, but I'm going to reveal to you as we go along. There'll be days where these words that are meant to change our life like they've changed mine will look like words on a page. Let's not dodge the reality of sometimes in our lives there is going to be these points. God has refined my faith and brought it back to a childlike approach, as I said, where I can look at these I am's and be like, yes, Jesus, you are who you say you are. People will and they will continue to suffer from the weight of this world and the I am's they put on themselves or even the one that you know, in external force, evil forces have us believe, you know, they will come. You know, catch this verse, Ephesians 6.12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities. Catch this. Do not miss this. If you're going to remember anything tonight, remember this. Against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. My passion and our passion as young adults is to, for this series, is that the I am's of this world that we get fed into our brain that are sometimes absolute crap are defeated by Jesus' I am's. No, that is the big thing. And if I say it again, our passion for this series is that the I am's of this world are defeated by the I am's of Jesus. Okay, The words are there. It's in our scriptures. He uses them for a reason. He's changing lives through metaphors. He's changing lives, sharing this stuff back then so it's still relevant with us today. He used this stuff for a reason. The I am's that Jesus represents himself with defeat the I am's that we place on our own life. There is a time where we're going to need to posture ourselves to start believing these words. And there was a time when I was going through my story that I was not in that right space. No, I couldn't fathom that idea. I couldn't even just think about that because I was so believing the I am's that were placed in my own head. I was defeating myself. I was beating myself up every single day when I had this word in front of me going, nah, man, this is the stuff you need to look at. John 20, 31, as I said at the start, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We we say that this series is about the I am's, which it it very much is. But the purpose of John's gospel where all these I am's appear is that, is it's written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. 
No, that is huge. The Son of God, and that by believing, you will have life in his name. And I think life is such a key word there because there was times where I was like, man, I don't know what's going on. No? And now I can look back, honestly, hindsight is a beautiful thing. And you can go, you know what, I didn't have that then, but now with this, and I'm actually starting to believe these words, I've got that. And I'd be more than happy to chat to anybody who's going through those items of this world and talk to you about that. Oh, this is good. The IMs are a powerful part of the gospel. Sorry, I've really enjoyed this. I've, I've pestered these young adult leaders for like the last four weeks because um, I'm just so excited for this series. I think they're probably sick of me uh, talking about it and I think it's good that we've come to this. But I'm just so passionate about this and like I said, I've never really had a message or a word or something placed so evidently in the front of my brain or on my heart that we need to share with this community or with everybody else. The IMs are a powerful part of the gospel and the journey of Jesus and they are core educational points for the crowds of the time, the disciples who are following and us sitting here in 2020. I'm just beyond excited, as I said, to to go through this session, um, to step into God's word deeper and deeper, um, particularly in the time that we join together. So we're going to look like, it's what it's going to look like, as I said, it's going to be our fortnightly rotations and we're going to share it amongst the young adults leadership, um, which is myself, Kendall, Dan, Kat, Murray and Kip, who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight. So we're going to share that. And I think the beauty of that is that everybody has a different perspective. Everyone has a different teaching style. Everyone has a different way of doing it. So it's not going to look like this um, every single time. It's going to look like discussion, prayer, whatever. So we're very open to, in a sense, the spirit leading what that looks like. Um, and that's something that we want to um, engage in. It's something that we want as this community. I can only encourage you know, the consistency and then worship nights, which have just been... You know, last, last week's worship night was just unbelievable. If you were here, you could probably resonate um, with that. It's just we have... The most, some of the most talented musicians, the most incredible spirit-filled people in this church that just lead those nights, and it's just an absolute privilege to sit under them and just to be able to sit in a time and worship. I'm just super excited where this is going to go, and um, I'm just going to quickly pray, and I think you know, the beauty of this night is you know, we want community to continue. Um, you know, we want you guys to all just chat and enjoy, and um, if anything prompts you to please come have a chat to me, chat with one of the leaders, happy to, but... You know, we want to see community. You know, we want people to sit at the table. We want you to become part of the family. So please hang around, chat. Um, I think there's, there's Kit Kat chocolate up there. Jared would be very upset with you, but I was like, hey, we, we can't miss. Yeah, Kit Kat chocolate up there. Um, there's a little bit more wine. I think there's one more beer maybe for anybody who wants to snag that. Um, but yeah, you know, these I am words are so key for us. They're so important. And I just cannot wait to go through this and our passion for this series is the IMs of this world are defeated by the IMs of Jesus I'm just going to pray and then we're going to have some more community time alright Jesus thank you so much um, I just thank you personally for my life Father that you um, were just so tangible you were so real um, there was just no denying that Father you just prompted um, me into just areas of you know just being active Father I just thank you so much for this community of people, whether brand new or been here since the foundation day, Father. Just thank you so much that we are all unique people, that we are all just so loved um, by you, Jesus. And we just thank you that um, 
And we just pray a blessing over this series, Father. We just pray that these I am words just hit us so hard, Father, that there are just so many truths and so many just moments of realisation of your glory and of your power, Father, through this time. But Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are so tangible, so real. Um, Father, we just, we just bless this community. Thank you for everybody who's here tonight, Jesus. Um, and we just pray a blessing over everybody tonight as they drive home and as they go um, on their way. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So thank you, guys. Please, um, there's chocolate. There's, there's no, no clapping. No, no clapping, church. I'm going to just clap every time you preach now. So they'll be coming. They'll be coming. They'll be coming straight back. They'll be coming straight back. So yeah, like I said, please um, grab some more food. Um, happy to chat. Thank you very much.